Welcome to Berenson Bomb Podcast, episode 30, with your hosts, Corey and Diego Berenson. Hello, Diego. Hi. How are you? Good. Feeling good? Yeah. What episode did I just say this is? 30. Why is that a big deal? Because it was one of your goals. That's right. I have only three goals this year. One of them is to make it to 30 episodes. Nice. We did it. We're doing it every two weeks. That's awesome. So, Sebastian Chank. Our guest today, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. I really appreciate it. I love letting Diego meet new people that do different jobs, have different ideas, different backgrounds, and we can learn from all of everybody. You can learn Absolutely. something from everyone, and he's getting to learn from all types of different people. He's getting to see what type of crazy brain I have, <laughs> and I'm helping ex- expand his conversation skills. Absolutely, and this is uh, awesome. You know, thanks really for cool. coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. I told him before you got here, I said, okay, you got to think of a few questions. Let me give you the basic description. You tell me if I shot him in the wrong direction. <laughs> I was like, he's an elect- he's an engineer. He can speak computer. <laughs> Essentially, right. And then we started in. He's like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, well, he writes code. He's like, what's code? I'm like, okay, this is... We're getting into the weeds. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I was like, okay. So imagine just a bunch of gibberish. You just put your hands on a keyboard and just go. Pfft. That's <laughs> what it looks like to me. Mm-hmm. And then the computer is like, oh, cool. You want me to, this says when you push H, show me an H. Exactly. But I said, you can't just type literally the words. When I push H, you show me an H. It's mm-hmm. not how computers speak. Yeah. So I was telling them. It's literally called languages mm-hmm. that you understand. Yeah. So uh, I guess to start with, he wrote a few questions. If he that's wrote cool. Them. Well, okay, I wrote them, but he I, <laughs> he dictated. Fair and, enough. And I transcribed mm-hmm. because it was late last night. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to write them; just say it, and I'll write it down. Nice, nice. So we'll start with his, and then if we if we vent, you know, venture off, don't worry about it. Sounds good. Whatever. Cool. We're talking about tortillas in 10 seconds. It's all good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, who taught you computer, computer languages or are you self-taught? Um, so I, a little bit of both. Um, when I was 14 or so, I remember like the new Star Wars or something came out. It was like the Phantom Menace and there was a video game and I just enjoyed playing it. And I asked my dad, like, how does this happen? He's like, oh, you have to, it's all programming. And so I remember going out to like Barnes and Noble or something, buying a book and kind of started learning how to do C++ at that point. And then when I was in high school, I took some classes and then I went to college for that exactly. And then um, after college, I kind of ended up in the industry that we're in, which is like post-production. I didn't do too much of it, but now I'm kind of wanting to get back into it because it was, you know, what I've always enjoyed. I took a class and a lot. So to answer your question there, I have had instructors, but then like the extra correct, the extra work I've been doing on my own to try to just like master my skill, I guess. And you were, you were 14 when you bought that book? Yeah. Like I remember it was like, right. Cause Phantom Menace, I think came out when I was in like a freshman in high school. So I would have been like 14, maybe 15 the max, like oldest. That yeah. is cool. Yeah. That's Star that's, Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. It was just because I'd been playing so many video games and like all these Star Wars games were my favorite. And I was like, how did they do this? I want to make something like this. And that's what my dad was like, yeah, go get this book. And so that's how I started. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
What is um, the easiest computer to fix in the building? That's a good question. My own. <laughs> uh, my own because I don't break it. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, I guess like an editorial workstation or an assist station would be the easiest because there it isn't as complicated. They're more generalistic computers, whereas like the machine your dad's on is very specific toward color. So like if something were to go wrong, I have to make sure that program is working. Versus like a computer that kind of does a little bit of everything, it's more natural for that computer. So if it's more dedicated to a job, it's easier to fix. It's hard, like, like your machine would be harder to fix because it's there's more parts that are more important to color. The piece, oh, the pieces connected. To yeah, it. where like if it was like say Brad's machine where he does audio mix clap like stuff, there's a lot of other equipment that he uses that he needs to make sure that's all working. So it's very specific toward Pro Tools. Versus like the AE station, like, all right, cool. Like if this machine isn't working, I can just move you over here. Whereas Brad, I can't just move him to another station. Like I have, he has to have all these cards. He has to have all this equipment just like you. Like if your machine dies, I can't easily move you to another station without like moving panels, moving cards, that type of thing. So the less pieces it has to have connected to it, the easier it is to fix. Yeah. So if I only needed one keyboard... Mine would be easier than my work computer, that I need a panel, extenders, three monitors, mm-hmm. a breakout box, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Wacom tablets. Stuff, yeah, tablet. Yeah. You know the pen that I yeah. use? Yeah. Yeah. So many pieces. Um, when did you start to fix computers? Uh, so shortly after high no, college... Uh, my parents had moved to Austin already and then I was working at my same college job, which was like insurance company. But, uh, so the agent was leaving and I had an opportunity to stay there or leave. And I decided to leave because I felt like if I stayed there, I was going to stay forever because it was going to become comfortable (laughs) and I didn't want to become comfortable. I wanted to like branch out and do what I went to school for. And then, uh, my buddy Derek, uh, actually worked across the hall from me and he was leaving to go to another company called Picturehead and he was like do you want my old job because he knew I I needed work and I was out of work and he was like I was like yeah sure but I don't know anything about video he's like well I'll give you a quick crash course and then you just gotta learn everything as quickly as possible so he, wait he was already engineering at Picturehead so he was already engin- so the place was called L2 Digital okay and so he was leaving L2 Digital to move to uh, Picturehead Gotcha. And so the only reason I got the job was because the owner of L2 Digital was like, you're more, Derek's more likely to answer your phone calls because you guys are friends than he would be to like a random stranger. So I'll give you the chance to be our engineer. So I got lucky and then I just had to like, I spent most of my time on Google learning all about video and 2398 and all that stuff and asking like, if it was your dad in the seat, I would be like, what are you doing? What does that do? Like, that's how I started learning. So 2007, I want to say, is when I started. So like 12 years ago now. Nice. I've been doing it. Yeah. So feel good? Feel like you got your cape going when you come in and solve, you know, save the day? <laughs> it, it, yeah, there's been... Uh, what is your problem? <laughs> I will fix it. <laughs> there's been there's been stories and like adventures of bad bad breakdowns and, you know, having to figure something out to like get this 
the office back up and running. How many times has it been where you got to feel like that doctor that says, I'm sorry, he's not going to make it. He didn't make it. There was one time. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So wait, that means a computer can actually die. You can't bring it back. So like one time only. It wasn't the computer. It was the sand. So all our data. Oh no! So all our data was almost basically gone. Um, it was right when I took the engineering role in New York. So I was working for Outpost Digital. Okay. And my previous boss moved to Technicolor, and he re- recommended me for the position in New York. But I was still like in that transition period, so I was still living in LA. hadn't moved to New York yet. And I get a phone call when I was at the gym from the engineer, the junior engineer in New York saying like, oh, the sand's down. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So I'm trying to tell him what to do. It's not coming up. So I had to leave the gym. I biked into the, the office thinking, you know, it'll be like a 15, 20 minute fix. It's only seven o'clock, but you know, get this thing going. Doesn't come up, not coming up, like just hours of it not showing up. And New York is like 60 different workstations and like... So people are like constantly delivering stuff. We have something for like Kings of Leon that's about to go out the door. Okay. That's and, a big rock band. Yeah, it's a big rock band. And so <clears throat> nothing's coming up. So I'm starting to freak out because they just gave me the, this position. I gave my landlord 30 days notice. So I'm going to be homeless in 30 days. Like I'm thinking like I can't get this up and running. This so, looks so bad. So you're thinking if, you, if I don't fix this, I'm homeless. Yeah, because they're going to feel like why, why, like this is your one time to shine. Oh. <laughs> Like this, you know, your previous boss would have gotten it up and running. Why am I going to give you this job? Come on, rookie. Exactly. That's what's going (laughs) through my mind. So I'm like, oh man, what's happening? So, and long story, it was 24 hours until we get it up and running again. Dude. So during that 24 hours, like the person responsible for it kind of slowly started to tell us the truth. Ah. But not until later. And so scared, scared of taking responsibility yeah. for their mess up. Yes, exactly. So, uh, and that little bit of information would have helped him fix it faster. But the other person was scared to say, "I, hey, everybody, I pushed that one button." Exactly. If they would have told him, and that person would have been brave enough to say, "I made a mistake. I'm sorry." That would have made everybody's life easier. Exactly. So, so when you make a mistake, just say, "Hey." The quicker you say you made a mistake and the quicker you deal with it, the sooner it's better for everybody, including you. Absolutely. It was... I learned that. So when I make mistakes, you can call me out. No, yeah, absolutely. If I mess something up, be like, hey. Same here. Hey. Same here. I think it's a very good thing to do is like be upfront and honest with yeah. people because then you could grow as a human from that. Totally. Um. So yeah, this person, you know when you plug in a brand new drive and it's not formatted and it says, do you want to initialize? Right. And you click initialize, it wipes the drive. Yep. So he did that with the sand. Oh, good. That's awesome. So he plugged in the sand in a Windows box and like it wasn't meant to be on Windows. It was only supposed to be Mac. So he essentially wiped the sand, basically deleting all the metadata. So we the data was there, but we just didn't know how to get to it. Gotcha. And so for 24 hours, we'd been trying to figure out why this... Uh, like this metadata wasn't working. Like we thought it was corrupt. Gotcha. And so at the, like it now been 24 hours and I can't get this thing up. And now my bosses are calling me like, Hey, what's the story? Right. That was the first time I was like, I might have to tell you, like we're not, we might have lost all this data and like 
hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of media just gone. And I thought that was on me. And then I had like an idea to like get an old backup working. So we got that working and we lost like two weeks of work, which was great because the backup, our nightly backup, we weren't letting it run because we kept thinking this data was still salvageable. Gotcha. So the person who wiped, deleted the sand didn't tell us until 24 hours later. He's like, oh yeah, I clicked initialize. And we were like, dude, why didn't you tell us before? Because we could have let this process run, which would have taken a few hours, but that would have been 20 hours ago versus now 24 plus four. So now we've lost two days worth of work when we could have lost a half a day of work had you just admitted it. So So you had to go into full detective mode. Yeah. So Okay, wait. So if that person never said... I did that. Would you? We would have never. We would have kept trying. Like we would have kept trying, and okay. like more. Like we were. Call, we were calling every favor, anyone that we knew in like Los Angeles and New York. Like, hey, my uh, CTO Evan Sheckman was very close with Apple. He's calling in favors with Apple to try to figure out how to make this work. Like Whoa. why this data isn't there, and like I felt so bad. Like, dude, again, like in my mind, I messed up. Like this was my. Like I have. I have to fix this, and I can't. He's calling like Apple and it's kind of making me feel better that they can't figure it out either. Right. You know, so I'm feeling like, all right, they can't really hold this against me now that like the people who make this can't figure it out. And it's all because it's one person held that information. And like, had we had known, we would have gone a whole different direction. But we thought it was broken, not dead. Gotcha. So we keep trying to, you know, bring back a dead horse. It's like, nah, dude, like, just let's go move on. Let's go somewhere else. But that's that's what happened. So that was like the scariest time. And I was like, yeah, we lost it. That made me feel nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, long-winded story. No, that's good. What that's- is this? Uh, let's see, where was your favorite? Uh, I didn't write place. Favorite place. Um, that's what you said. Oh, what was your favorite place to live? Uh, my favorite place to live mm-hmm. this would be my hometown, Santa Monica. Um, it was just because I was born and raised there. And so it's just always been special to me. Um, <clears throat> I love I love the other places in L.A. that I lived. I love New York and I love Austin. They all have their own different culture and like essence, I guess, of a being of a city. But just it's just special to me because that's just where I was from. We love Santa Monica. That's where Diego rode a bird for the first time. Oh, yeah? Nice. It was on one of our father-son trips. Uh-huh. We were down there, and he was, uh, at the time, he was DJ Emoji. Okay. And his idea was to have all yellow fit. Okay. Right? So, yellow shirt, yellow pants, yellow socks, yellow shoes. We didn't find yellow underwear until <laughs> um, later. Okay. Um, custom yellow shoes, and he was like, I need a yellow hat. Oh, damn. So this whole conversation is going down on 3rd Street Promenade. Yeah, I was about to say 3rd Street. So we're hanging out there. He's like, none of these shoe stores have yellow, you know, none of the stores have yellow shoes. We're, I was like, we're going to find yellow shoes for kids. It's in Santa Monica. Oh, absolutely. You know, whatever crazy fancy stuff that's outlandish, mm-hmm. bright. I was like, we'll find it here. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we're in the spot. No, negative. <laughs> really? Nobody had yellow. They had one pair of, uh, who was it? Some basketball player, he had yellow Oh, shoes. yeah, so there's only it? this, like, yellow, but it had, like, what was it with it? It had, like, purple. Purple? 
Yeah. Yeah, it was purple. Like, I want to say, like, maybe was it like Kobe Bryant? Yes. Yeah. They only had them in grown-up sizes. Oh, no way. But, and it's still had purple. So it was like, a, not, a not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a little bummed out. We were sitting on the curb in Santa Monica. And I was like, man, we'll go. We'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. Let's go cruise some birds up and down the beach. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. The magic of Santa Monica beaches. Uh-huh. It's to pretty much take care of anything. Yeah. I was like, let's go to the edge. Yeah. Look over the cliff. Yeah. And cruise. Yep. And then we just started cruising the bird for the next three days. Oh, nice. So, yeah. It was, and I was trying to tell him, he's like, let me drive the bird, man. Let me ride. I, was, I know he's capable of yeah. doing it, but I was trying to explain. I have the map of Santa Monica in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I lived there so long. Mm-hmm. I can go anywhere because I literally can visualize the map up from above and being on the street as like you'll learn over time just what it's like to be like oh i know how fast i can go before i turn before mm-hmm. the, i've i can already time everything absolutely it, there's none of that i've new you know none of that new place weirdness where mm-hmm. you go slow cuz you don't know what's around mm-hmm. each corner so anyways he was like that's just yes or no yeah. <laughs> just let me do it i'm like one day when you have the map in your head, <laughs> we will cruise side by side and yeah. so maybe next year since he's done it. Yeah, because as years. you were telling the story, I'm like picturing you guys on Third Street. Like, oh yeah, because I've been there so many times. Yeah, like, oh, I, times. I, I see you exactly. You're walking by the AMC. You're yep. walking down the Puma <laughs> store. You're walking by the, the Reebok store. Yep. Yeah. It was actually by the AMC. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like it's crazy how I, like it, you're just there so much that it's just slowly ingraining into your mind. Yeah, and I worked on Fourth and Wilshire forever. Oh, nice! At a place that closed down. Okay. So that spot, and one time, you know what happened there? One time, this dude got hit by a car. He was a bicyclist. Got Ooh. blasted by a car. Car hit him. Where? Right there on Fourth and Wilshire. Where? Smashed him in the. Where's that? That's in Santa Monica, near oh. the beach. And that's in to? California. In California, and so they landed a helicopter at Fourth and Wilshire. The medical helicopter to pick him up that bad that bad oh so man. everybody's obviously out there like what is that it's like a just coming down wow. in a tiny intersection I, yeah, st john's is like wait a guy got hit by a half car yeah this dude was messed up wow wait he got hit by a car yeah he looked like if you had a play-doh person just squeeze him up and throw him back on the table oh man it was weird like his foot was next to his head. Oh, it was bad. That's bad. And, I, and the only reason I could see it is because we had the we had a rooftop access, mm-hmm. so I could go like, and look, look down. down. Otherwise, everyone, it was blocked by firefighters yeah, and all that. <laughs> yeah. How would he still live if his foot was? I don't know if he lived. He, I just saw him take off in a helicopter. Damn, um, that's crazy. Yeah. How many computers have you fixed in your life? Oof. Hundreds. Hundreds. I would easily hundreds. Like if my last place was fifty stations by themselves, I would say hundreds. Yeah, because we would have to like buy new machines all the time. You know, every. I mean, not like when you say fix, you mean like I had to take this apart and put something else in, or just like. What do you mean? Someone calls. However, you do it. Yeah. So like someone calls and there's something wrong, I have to go fix it. That would be essentially yeah. yeah. So I would say hundreds of machines. That's cool. Yeah. Because of like LA office, New York office, here, Herbalife, L2, like, and just my personal machines. Like, like 
The crazy part is, remember the first time you fix something for someone at at a job? Mm-hmm. You get that little feeling like, yeah, I was here to do this and yeah. I fixed that computer. Yeah. Could you imagine talking to that person then? Like, you will fix, you will do this hundreds of times. Yep. <laughs> hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. Times over and over and over. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I would have never thought of that. When He's I was a, a wizard. We call him. <laughs> he, may, he should just wear a cape and a little wizard hat. Like, I wish I do have he, that. That'd he appears, awesome. and you just know he's going to take care of it. It's, awesome. <laughs> it's a very comforting feeling knowing that, yeah, he's going to take care of it. Yeah, yeah. Not worried. <laughs> yeah. Um, why did you want to be an engineer? Um, so I went in to be a programmer, and then I became an engineer at a necessity because I needed a job. And then as I did it, it just kind of became a fun for me because it's always different. It wasn't the same thing every day. So like just because this machine isn't working today or doesn't mean that tomorrow, if it breaks down, it's going to be the same issue. Um, and then when I was at outpost, I did a lot of like workflow, which was fun for me. It's basically workflow is like how we're going to start the project. And we know what the end project is. How, what's the, What's the strategy that we're going to take from start to end? Like, how do we piece that all together? And that to me was always fun to like kind of come up with that creative like strategy part of it. Um, why? Why? Like, why did I like it? Yeah. Because it's to me, it's, um, I don't know. I like planning and like doing the research because that's a lot of my job is researching like what's the best tool for the best price that we can get is that going to be something that you know you're going to like you're going to like is it going to work like because if you don't like using it then it really kind of hinders us as a company to not be like it doesn't put us in the best position to win and so it has to make sure that hey this is the cost work the cost is right the product is right the tool is going to be right for the people using it and is it going to help streamline this and it's just like a big puzzle i guess that you put together and that to me is is fun. Oh, why? Huh? Why? Why? Yeah. Um, We're gonna see if your brain can explode. <laughs> <laughs> why is it fun? I don't know. Uh, like I like in that research phase. It's cool to like learn and learn new products and learn new technologies, learn new things and. So it kind of makes, you know, helps me expand my, what I know. Uh, it gets me out of that comfort zone. Like I, I could do the same thing and just say, hey, we always have to use this or kind of push myself and us a little bit. Be like, hey, maybe we should try this. OK, that didn't work. We could always fall back. But maybe it's it is better on the other side. And that's that's exciting kind of a thing. So pushing you to learn new things, learn about new products. Exactly. It's always, I think it's always good to try something new. You could fail, but just because you fail doesn't mean you're a failure in my mind. Like, you know, you try it, it didn't work. You could always go back to what you knew and then try again or try something different. And then maybe it's better. And then cool. Now we got a better way of doing it. Had you never tried, you would have never known. Hey, that's you parenting 101. (laughs) You got it down. Why? 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 Why what? what? Why what exactly? Um. <laughs> um. Why do I? 
why do I like engineering or why, why, <laughs> why do I like pushing myself? Yeah. I think because I think that's what we should do as humans. I think like you should always try to make yourself better. Like, cause I think that's I don't, I, like, yeah, just always try to make yourself better because I think being a better person is like essentially the goal in life. Like, and then pass that information down to the other people so that they don't have to exactly learn from your mistakes and then they can be better without doing the mistakes you did. And that's kind of human, human life, really. Like, I'm going to pass down information to you so you don't have to make the same mistakes I did. And then you can start learning from that point and then you pass that down and so on and so forth. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why? I don't know. That's just, that's, that's what, that's what human, humans are, I guess. Like what separates us from animals, right? We pass down technology, pass down information to the next generation so they can take it and keep going forward. Like a dog is always going to be a dog. It's never going to learn that like it can't pass information down to the next generation. Like, I don't know how to say that, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, we don't have to learn how to make a fire for the first time. Like, we have tools that, you know, I could light a match. I could get a lighter. I don't have to, like, figure out how to rub these two pieces of wood together to make a fire. Like, that information has already been passed down. Now we start at matches. And we grow from there kind of a thing. I don't know if I'm really saying that correctly or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a theory behind this madness. So this is the, it's called the why challenge. It's a dude that wrote a book. Uh-huh. Instead of you ask why seven times in a row. You can dig down to the truth in the matter of the person's mind. Uh, you can find out what you're actually thinking about behind well, all that. It's like I was reading you those cards in Alabama. You only told me to say it seven times. Seven times, yeah, seven times. So it's like <laughs> it's the way of, of peeling back why. the onion <laughs> of a person's mind. Mm-hmm. So you don't realize what you're saying on top until you've been asked why seven or more times. Interesting. So if you say so, and it's also a way to see if somebody actually understands what they're talking about Mm -hmm. underneath the surface. Yeah. Because we all give a, you start with a stock, ignorable answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you didn't, but I'm saying typically. Yeah. And then the more wise, the more justification you have to give for that answer. And the more you realize whether they do or don't understand what it is that you are trying to ask Uh or that they do or don't understand what they're talking about. Interesting. So if you'd ever need to hammer somebody, and it's fun for him because it's an easy locked and loaded question. Yeah, it is. One <laughs> one word, and you're going to find out. So the end, so how, you know, we got from there. So why, why do we need perpetual improvement as humans? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Which is a perfect segue for the book I'm going to read to both of you beautiful faces. <laughs> this is a book called Virtually Human, The Promise and the Peril of Digital Immortality, written by Martine Rothblatt. She is also the author of The Apartheid of Sex, A Manifesto on the Freedom of Gender, and another one, uh, another one called How to Create a Mind. All right. So we'll just go with something I highlighted right here literally like i was telling you guys i want to read this book i just got it 
I've been reading this other book, Green Brain. Mm-hmm. Maybe which, that's the one you were talking that's about. That's the one I was talking about. I'm going to go over that one probably the next podcast or the next one. And if you want to come back to go over that one, it's a lot of material. And you know a, you know a book is good when you've highlighted almost a whole page at a time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I should just say read page stop highlighting the entire I'm like this is great this is great this is great oh this is good <laughs> so anyways so here we go one piece of evidence of the expanding power of ai is ibm's watson which won a televised jeopardy contest against brad rudder and ken jennings the two best biological human players in the world but Jeopardy is not so narrow a task. It involves the ability to reason over all human knowledge, and the queries are presented in natural language, including puns, metaphors, riddles, and jokes. So it's got to break that down. For example, one of the questions was, answer this, a long, tiresome speech delivered by a frothy pie topping. The query, which means the question, Diego, stumped the two best biological humans, but Watson quickly responded, what is a meringue harangue? Wow. So. Don't even know what that is. <laughs> apparently, we know the meringue part. Mm-hmm. A long, tiresome speech, a super boring epilogue is called a harangue. So if someone, you want to sound super smart and someone's talking, 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 and you're bored, you're about to pass out, just say, what a harangue. <laughs> and only you will laugh. But yeah. you'll say, Go, yeah, Google it. <laughs> super duper smart. <laughs> yeah. So she was talking about this because what I was talking So in, further because of that interview I was into with her, she's saying, okay, so if you take your mind, Diego, this is the future for you. Let's give a AI consciousness upload potential thing. When you are 60 years old, okay, I'll be 90. I'll be in super good shape or I'll be a goner. Now, before I'm a goner, do you want me to upload my consciousness? Which means they take everything you've ever typed, written, Googled, looked at, email you've written to start. Then they get a synaptic mirror of how your synapses fire in some sort of random number. There's, they haven't figured that out. They're, they're trying to trigger, okay, if I get X amount of synapses when you eat pizza compared to um, how many synaptic responses come up when I say, hey, let's go mow the grass, they count it, right? So they've counted that in rats. So what they do is they how to, when they say, hey, why don't you sleep on that problem? What they did is they measured the synapses in a rat's brain. They put a bunch of things on its head. Wait, a rat? A rat. And they get they put it into a maze, right? So it would go through this maze to find the cheese, right? And so it would go to a turn. It would be like, click, click. Then it would go to the right turn. When it found the right turn, it would be like, click, click, click. So there's actual beeps that they mirrored on this mm-hmm. center, counting them. That's, wait, would you see the maze? They, we can look it up. They have it's a long paper online. So what it does oh, is that's cool. they let the rat go through the maze over and over and over, but they realize every time it was going through it, it was a repetitive count, right? So it'd be like, it would be the same. 
Oh, really? As, so there was an actual count to each turn till it got to the food, right? So let's just pretend it was like click click. Wait, what was all those head things? So they wanted head? they wanted to measure how many times how? the cells fired and talked to each other because when it's time to turn left, like when I'm in Santa Monica, I need to turn left here, right there. My brain goes, it fires off these cells that say ching, and and the collection of all those synapses firing tells me to make my body turn left. So they just they translated it to be beeps or mm-hmm. numbers, right? When the rat went to sleep, okay? Okay, let's say when it's awake, it was like beep, 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 right? Mm-hmm. When it went to sleep, it was something like 10 times faster. The same pattern while it slept. It was the same pattern, but 10 times speed. Yeah. So it literally went through the maze in its mind at 10 times the speed. So Wait. the next day when it woke up, it was twice as fast going through the maze because it had memorized it during the night mm-hmm. in its sleep. What? Crazy, right? So they're proving there is repetition. So there's something to to actually count and measure. Mm-hmm. So they're taking that. Wait, with, would you see the rat do the maze? I'm sure they don't have videos, but they just write it into a paper and you have to use your imagination. Unless you go to some science place where they put rats in mazes. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you take that, so now there is an actual way to measure what's firing off in your brain. Mm-hmm. Combine that with a what she in the book is calling a mind clone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have the synaptic mirroring of behaviors when you're presented with images or videos or actual physical activity. So now we have a sort of a map of what happens when you're presented with things. With your entire data that you've freely put online, social media, emails, like I could take everything you've ever written and looked at it, and I could probably base a question or answer on questions that someone asked me, sounding like you. If I knew everything that you were interested in research ever, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm into this, I would probably say that, right? Of course. So we're getting there. So you take that mind clone, base it on top of Statistical How come they do data. it to rats? Because not enough humans volunteer, <laughs> and the rats have no choice in the matter. I, mean, I think it's like a simpler mind, so it's easier to test. Very true. That is actually like less complex. Like the, our human mind is going to be more complex. Different yep. things, emotions, that kind of stuff. Where a rat's just like, I just want cheese. Yep. Yep. That's true. There's less neurons. There's a smaller brain. Mm-hmm. Easier. Like those uh, tiny worms mm-hmm. that have Earth the worms? exact. They're they're smaller worms. Dr. Rhonda Patrick uses based her initial research on mm-hmm. it. Their DNA structure is so similar to us, they can test what happens on us based on lifespan because they only live 23 days. Uh-huh. So if they make a slight oh, wow. tweak to their life, if a worm that lives only 23 days now lives 30 days, you just almost doubled your lifespan. Mm-hmm. They can map those changes and say, if you make this shift for humans, this will extend your health span. Yeah. Life won't, we won't go to 150. Yeah. But you can extend your deterioration yeah. to later. Yeah. That makes sense. That's what I'm into. That's my jam right now. Nice. <laughs> okay. So now, Diego, we're getting there. So there will be a way to map my brain, take everything I've ever read, take statistical data of historical stuff as where I'm from, where I grew up, 
what was happening at that time. So I'm from Austin. I would be into Austin-y stuff mm-hmm. more than likely. Of course. You can, you can take a educated guess at that, right? Mm-hmm. So you could take my voice. Now there's plenty of audio online, right? So uh, deep fakes. You know about deep fakes? I think right? so, yeah. Where they can take your video and your audio and make it look like it's you saying mm-hmm. whatever they want you to say. Mm-hmm. All right. That can be done today. Mm-hmm. And 60 years from now, there'll be a way to make virtual reality 3D versions Wait. of me that you could put goggles on. Oh, you like the thing we have? Because there's video of me. So you could see me in 3D in my voice saying things that I would probably say because they have everything on me because I uploaded all that that they can mesh together and show you in virtual reality glasses. So you could potentially have a conversation with me when I'm dead for like 70 years. If you put the goggles on, you'd be like, oh, well, let's upload it. Boom. I want to talk to my great-great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. And it's a true-ish representation of what he was at that time. Yeah. Would you do that? Or would you not do that? I would. You would? Yeah. So if you could talk to your, if you could talk to GP's grandpa, right? So your (laughs) your grandpa's grandpa. So my great, great. Great grandpa. So if you could put on <laughs> virtual reality glasses and talk to and look at a 3D model of your great 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 grandpa, <laughs> would you do it? Absolutely. So the answer is we should upload the consciousness. And that's why people are trying to do it. And that's why this person, Dr. Rothblatt, is saying that's not weird because we save people all the time. Like I was saying, there used to be a do not resuscitate. There was no such thing as do not resuscitate many years ago. Mm-hmm. There was no option when you, you had, you're going to make it or not. Yeah. But now we're like, hey, go ahead and decide if you want to keep living. Yeah. Do that now. <laughs> so I don't, it's not weird for me later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a choice we have to make. I, I have it. I have it written down. So you don't have to think about it. <laughs> All right, so the next part. Diego, do you have any questions about that weird stuff? No. (laughs) All right, good. Here's the next part. Back to the book. In my recent book, How to Create a Mind, I describe the neocortex as a self-organizing system of about 300 million modules, each of which can learn, remember, and process a pattern. This is speaking Sebastian's language right here. Another significant event occurred 2 million years ago, the evolution of humanoids with a large forehead, which allowed for the significant expansion of the neocortex. This additional quantity of pattern recognition modules was the enabling factor for our species to invent language, art, music, science, and technology. We are now on the the verge. wide forehead? We had a bigger forehead, which is a bigger neocortex the front part of our brain which does most of our computing we're now on the verge of expanding our neocortex again in the 2030s we're talking 10 years from now we will directly expand the size and scope of our neocortex into the cloud the only difference this time is that 
the expansion will not be limited to a certain physical size, but will continue to expand exponentially. And remember what happened the last time we expanded our neocortex when we became humanoids two million years ago. That quantitative expansion enabled a profound qualitative leap and this will happen again. It says she makes the case that recreating the computational capacity of the human brain requires about 10 to the 14th power calculations per second. That's 100 trillion calculations a second. And guess what? We already have that capacity in our supercomputers right now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So like, why? So why? What's fun of being human anymore? Is that cool? Are you cool with being human? Absolutely, love being human. <laughs> Humans way more fun. Oh, absolutely. You, you see computers all the time. Do they mm-hmm. look like they're having fun? No, they're doing exactly what I tell it to do. Yeah, that, I don't want that. Yeah, I want a freedom of choice. She's to... saying you could turn your your self clone into a slave, like that one episode on. What was it? Not uh, Altered Carbon, but the other one. Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. They had that little tiny person that was you that was doing stuff for mm-hmm. you. They, they're they doing that now to call call centers and to use your upload mind clone mm-hmm. into a call center. Oh, really? Person. That quote, unquote, person. Wow. Because I can already augment. I can take your speech. Yeah. I can take your upload. I can turn you into a call center person to make calls and answer questions in real time. That's crazy. With, with, with real speech patterns. Mm-hmm. So a robot will call you sounding like an actual person and thinking like a person. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do that now. That's crazy. I mean... So back so back to the question. So yeah. what's fun about being human? Because computers, you look bored. Yeah. You're terrible. I can <laughs> shut you down. I pull the plug. It's a wrap for you. Yeah. You won't evolve without us. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid that we won't evolve without you. Mm-hmm. Because it's a it's a tool. It should be a tool, right? That's what I'm talking about. I've been telling them it's a tool, not a toy. Exactly. It's like um, just like a pulley. Like the very first pulley, very simple. Just pulls up a rock. A pulley. A pulley pulls okay. up a rock. Put it, put that rock down somewhere else. Now we got like cranes, basically. Yeah. A very Do you fancy. guys use pulleys at school? Wait, what are those? Like if you clamp something and then you pull a rope and it pulls it up and down. Oh um no, but I do know what those are. Yeah. Okay. So well, like, I, right? I mean, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, no, you don't. But you know any. what a crane looks like? Yeah. Big so, pulley. Yeah, it's a big, essentially a big pulley. Like a, a pulley is a simple tool, and then we've evolved it to be this big crane, like a ramp. It's another tool. Like we pull that very heavy block up a ramp rather than picking it up, mm-hmm. lifting it. That's a lot. It's easier to push it than lift it up. So these simple tools we've evolved it over the years. Same with the computer. I feel like it's a tool. It's not a toy, like you were saying. Like it should be there to help, to make our lives easier. It shouldn't like take over our lives. I think it's the right way to say that. Um, so what my theory is, if you have discipline to focus on what you are interested in as, as a human, mm-hmm. leave that alone. Think about what you like, then use it to enhance and make whatever the thing and it'll use all these awesome tools we have first Mm -hmm. you have to sit by yourself and think about what you like instead of numbingly just flipping through things to see what might interest you for half of a second Mm -hmm. but if he's in like he's into cars 
a lot of time just thinking, talking about him. Then when it's time to do this homework for him, we got the computer. We can find out anything about cars you want. We can go see cars. We can find people. We can fill the void of knowledge that you didn't have. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't have an interest first, you can't attach yourself to it. You know, like you're like yeah. if you don't really care about what you're seeing, then it doesn't help. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, yeah, I definitely, I 100% agree with that. It's, I guess, the same thing. Like everything in moderation. You shouldn't. This shouldn't replace going out and actually working on a car, like you were saying, right? It should be there to like, you go out there, you try to work on this engine. You got stumps. All right, let me go see if other people have been stumped by the same process. But then now, hey. That's like kind of what I was saying earlier. Pass that information down without actually having to get there. Now you could tell me, oh, that's what that's the part I'm missing, or that's the tool I'm missing. Cool, let me go get that. Right? It should be an aid. It shouldn't be like a replacement. So Sebastian has family in El Salvador, right? Mm-hmm. So I was talking to Rand. I don't know how we, you know, how random normal conversations with me. <laughs> Take some turns. Yeah. So we were talking about I don't know what, and we got water. To water. I was like, oh, I really love the flavor of our new filter. Yeah. Pure water filter. That's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fresh and delicious. Oh, nice. So I always like to remind them how fortunate we are to have clean, uh, extraordinarily clean water. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. As long as we want. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, if we wherein I just named random Central American countries. I said, if we were in a place that was in war or we were scared to go out so we couldn't just go to the corner store, we didn't have water, and we were scared of getting blown up or shot, we would leave. I said, mm-hmm. we would, I would grab you, the missus and the kids, and we would do whatever it takes to come most likely to America. Yep. I would jump on trains. We would not eat for days or weeks at a time. Mm-hmm we would leave that horrible situation. Absolutely. And he said, days? Mm-hmm. Said at least. I said, do you, want, do you want to stay in a place where you're scared to go outside? No. So we appreciate, so we're having breakfast. I said, we got fresh water, we have food. Remember that not everybody has that. Yeah. Because my grandfather came from Juarez back in the day. He had to leave a bad situation. Mm-hmm. It's actually worse there now. Then it was when my grandfather left and he was scared for his life. Yeah. It's crazy to imagine it declined. Yeah. So I guess my question is, how bad is it in El Salvador? Or is it what we, you know, I'm on the outside. So you, you're you on the inside. Tell me what you're, what you think. It is, it is bad. I like, obviously I don't live there. I just get from information from my family. Uh, but it is bad in the sense that like my cousins like your age can't, aren't allowed to go out on the streets. Like, because people are going to come by and just kidnap them or there'll be a drive-by. And this is everywhere. Even cousins my age. I remember last time I was in El Salvador, we went out, had dinner. We were drinking, having a good time. And then it was like, I want to say 9, 10 o'clock. He's like, all right, we got to go. I was like, night's, the night's young. Like, why are we leaving? He's like, no, we have to go because the gangs are coming in now. And something bad's going to happen. We have to go. So you have to, like, your life is now kind of dictated around all these gangs that are like very uh potent in el salvador and the corruption from the government allows it so they've been robbed a few times like their house has been broken into and like all their stuff stolen 
they've been held up at gunpoint and like locked in a room like you stay in here while we steal everything in your house and they're like i hope hopefully they don't shoot us like that's just life there and so and then they make very little money like maybe 500 dollars a month but prices of everything's exactly what it is here in america no way like obviously like certain foods are like it is cheaper like foods and stuff but like if you wanted to buy a t-shirt like a nike t-shirt it's still 30 dollars there and you make 500 a month yeah so what a lot of people do is like what my family would do is like jc penny has like a sale for like two dollars right or you go to the outlets where things are five bucks a shirt because there's some something wrong with them like some sort of defect that you and i probably can't notice but obviously to their standard it's bad so you have to just get rid of it gotcha so they'll buy that and then like they could sell it over there for ten dollars so they're giving other people a twenty dollar discount but they're also making like eight dollars so it helps supplement their income to like buy other things but yeah like gas is i think a dollar 75 a liter or something like that last time i was there for yeah because the liter is like what a fourth of a gallon yep so yeah like it's four times as much or twice a gallon exactly and you, I mean, that's just life, you know, like $500. So imagine, imagine that you, you're eight, you cannot go outside. No. Because I'm scared people will kidnap you or you'll get beat up. Yep. Like you basically go from your house to your school and back home. Like there's no hanging out in the park anymore. There's no like, let's go play out on the streets. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. And like even just adults, like you go to work and you come home, like don't go out at night. It's too... You know, it's too scary because all these gangs like MS-13 is a big gang over right. there. I forget what the other ones are, but I know that one's like the the big one everyone knows. Right. So like, And then like the new president who just got elected, I think, wants to do better. But like uh, I think his name was uh, Prez. Like he was horribly corrupt. Like he was taking hundreds of millions of dollars from like U.S. aid and stuff and just pocketing it. Dude, where? And then he. Where do you put it? I don't know. And then he like magically died, but like his kids are living somewhere and I don't know. It's very corrupt and like, yeah, I don't know where you put it. You just, I guess you buy things not in your country and just bounce. Like, I don't I have no idea. And like, why would, like, I take pride in my country. Why would you try to make your country worse just to like make yourself richer? But those are, those are different people than us, I guess. Do you see any sight of them improving or what are, how do you see a way to make life better or is just ev- everybody in the mindset that hey as soon as i can get out of here i'm out of here like yeah my family's always been trying to leave it's just so hard to get like a work visa to come here like it's the lottery and it's a crapshoot to like has your family had to get the full so start with the work visa and then do full citizenship and all that yeah like that's to get, like to get to get that like i guess I don't, I don't want to say asylum because I don't think that's right, but, like, just to get, like, to be allowed to move here and, like, all that, whatever that process is, like, years and waiting and you're just, like, do you get lucky? Do you not get lucky? Um, like, if they wanted to move to Costa Rica, just, like, two countries down, like, much, like, uh, that country's, like, very well off, like, it's safer and, like, nicer. Right. But you have to, in order to move there, you have to have, like, X amount of thousands of dollars in your bank account. Or prove that you make this much money to become, to be allowed to move in. So, like, even from El Salvador to, like, Costa Rica, you just can't do it. It's, like, very difficult. 
So for them, again, to like come here, it's hard. And then like, where can they live? Like they don't have a lot of money, so they're going to rely on family help to like get them started. And then a lot of times, like you don't want to leave your family. Like say you're able to go, but then you like, you would never leave your wife and your kids. So like, so I would, so if if I did, if I didn't leave, I feel like I'm trapping them in a horrible situation. If I do leave, I feel like I abandoned them in a horrible situation exactly so like my say my one cousin gets the the visa they might not want to leave their brother or sister like my other cousins right so it's like i can go but i'm leaving you behind now you you kind of feel bad so it's hard to like it's not an easy decision to make for anyone sounds terrible like you're kind of screwed if you do and you're screwed if you don't you know like it's tough so like uh they're here now uh so you grew up in santa Monica. so was your parents the ones that first came so my so my father's from cuba and then my mom's from el salvador and there was a civil war going on when my mom moved out here but she came out here civil war is when a country's fighting itself yeah so i think there was a civil war going on and she came here to study and like my aunt great aunt or someone was living here already when my mom came and then she went back to el salvador and then she just loved it, so she came over here when she was young. I want to say like 24, 25 or something. Lived here for a few years, met my dad, and was about to have to go back. But then my dad's like, no, you just marry me, and you could just stay here. And so that's how she got to stay. So he, he was already settled. Yeah, because he, so he came, came from, from Cuba. Because um, you're like still allowed six, to just come here from Cuba? So it was right after, it was before the cutoff, whatever year that was, like, 69 or something like that. Okay. He came over just before that, like... Before we shut the iron door? Yeah, like, he was on the last boat, essentially, to leave Cuba to come to America, like, okay. Gotcha. And then, so then he... So I think my, like, my uncle was young enough that he was just given a U.S. passport when he got here. Like, he was okay. two or three years old, so, like, here's your child's... He's an gotcha. American citizen. My dad had to like wait x amount of years to go take the test to become an american citizen like five or ten years i forget what the amount is and then yeah. my grandmother i remember going to classes with her she waited 30 years she was given a green card like you're, you're allowed to be here but not a u.s citizen okay i remember going to like these classes with her to to take that and that was like 30 years so she could do it in spanish otherwise she would have had to learn everything in english and she's like i don't want to do that Wow. Well, that's awesome. Then they let you take it in your... Yeah, so, like, you just have to wait in max amount of years. Like, and she just wasn't... Cut. Like, you could speak to her in Spanish, uh, English, and she'll fully understand you. Okay. But, but she's take not... take a test. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a whole nother mind. Like, you know, she's 50 years old, 60 years old. Like, all of a sudden, now I have to do this whole new thing. It's hard. And even for her to leave her family behind in Cuba was hard. Like, she didn't want to. But my grandfather left my grandmother for another lady... Okay. And then, like, so when he was leaving, they're like, oh, this isn't your wife that you're with. You have to go get your wife. You're not allowed to go with this lady. Oh. So that was the only reason my family was able to leave Cuba was because that, like, papers weren't, like, finalized yet. And so my grandma. He had to take your grandma. He had to take my grandma. And so, like, my grandma didn't want to leave because she has her sisters there. And they're like, no, like, you have to go. Like, it's going to get bad here. Yeah, because we need you to go. Yeah. Because like, we'll, we'll follow with you. Yeah, exactly. And so, they, my grandma was able to leave, not, like, willingly. Because, like, it was her mother and sisters were like, no, leave. Because here it's going to get worse. You have a better chance of life over there. Right. And, yeah, you still always have that, like, regret of, like, I left them behind. 
God, that's so rough. And so to it's make not that hard to decision. like, yeah, like, what do you do? You're like, I'm leaving you behind, or I'm staying behind. Like, it's not easy. Um, I forgot what the uh, your original question was. Um, is it getting better? Yeah, I, I, I want to say they're saying this pr- new president cares about the country and wants to like invest in the country because El Salvador has tons of beautiful beaches, but like when we would go there, you're going on these like. Pot, like all these roads just have potholes because they haven't been fixed in mm-hmm. years. I've been to Costa Rica. I'm familiar. Yeah. And so you have to like make that like those beach areas like more appealing to tourists to like come like an American person, like an American citizen who's used to going to like a Cancun resort would never drive down that like bumpy road to get to like this little hotel. Even though the beach is beautiful, it's just like nah, that's sketchy. Even us that we like, my family lives there. It's like, yeah, this is kind of sketchy. Like, hopefully we're going down the right road, you know? Like, <laughs> so how can you expect someone from like Europe or something to right. come down? Like, this street has no name and it has tons of potholes, and I'm driving through, you know, fields before I like show up. So, like, hopefully, I think that getting that form of tourism to start bringing money to like, you know, boost the economy would help. But it's, so if they spend that money on infrastructure, they fix up the roads, they fix up utilities, things like that, doesn't it make it to where the robbers and the bad guys can say, oh, y'all are doing really good now? Yeah. Remember I said, give me $100 a month? You got a fancy store. Give me 1000 a month. Yeah. And now so we're you, back at square one. Yeah. So we would that would also have to like, you have to somehow get them out or get them to stop doing that. I don't know how you get them to stop okay, doing so, that. Okay. So if it was a good dude president, who got a hundred, hundred billion million dollars from America could say, okay, gangs, here's what we're going to do. I'll just give you some of that to let us not be afraid to die. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing it. Are you doing it for money? Mm-hmm. Mr. Gang guy? Yeah. Because <laughs> if you are, I got a bank account for you. Yeah. Does that, it, would that solve the problem? Because I feel like the violence is ingrained where, you don't really do it for the money because they don't really make a lot of money. Yeah. They do it for the clout of, hey, I'm a tough guy or tough girl. And that's my sense of value because Mm -hmm. money is like irrelevant. It goes to the kingpin. Yeah, exactly. I'm eating terrible food just like Like, the other people eating terrible food, but I'm, I can take your can of beans, put it with my other can of beans. I got two cans of beans. You got one. Yeah. If they wired me $50,000. But I didn't change my mind. Yeah. I have no idea what to do with it other than go rob you again because that's what I do. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct. Like, how do we solve that gang problem is the biggest issue. Because, like, when I was in Cuba, I realized that if I gave you 100 bucks and they make, like, $100 a month or whatever over there, like, cool, I've just doubled their salary, but there's no food to go buy. So, like, cool, I don't. what is this money going to help me if there's no chicken? Like, I need more chicken. Like, this $100 doesn't help me because there's just no chicken. So, I guess the same thing with this gang is like, cool, I gave you $50,000. Well, cool, but I still don't have a job. I still don't. Like, no one's going to hire me. I'm just going to be a tough guy. Right? Because I guess that's what, like you were saying, right? Like, just as a gang member, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, Imagine you're a gang member. Like, you're just doing it. You've been breaking legs and robbing people. Yeah. Now, I tell you, hey. We're good now. Yeah. You don't need to do that anymore. 
We're, we we can go eat. We can eat good now. What do you do? Yeah, because that's like ingrained. Right. Like that's your lifestyle. That's now. your only learned behavior. Yeah. You only know how to do that. So you have to somehow fix that part of the human psyche, I guess. All right, Diego, what do we do? What? <laughs> because that is a thing like uh, another friend of mine he his uncle or whatever owns a restaurant and like they were at the restaurant and he's like hold on i gotta go pay this guy he's like what he's like i just gotta pay him to not mess up my store so he just gives him a wad of cash that's like their monthly like tax basically and of course like you were saying yeah cool i got made a thousand dollars off of you this month next month fifteen hundred you know, yeah. like, and what are you going to do? Like, you can't not pay him, you know, like you have to, because otherwise they're going to screw your store up, like come shoot you or whatever. It's like very difficult. Like, how do you stop that violence? Especially if the like, the government is corrupt and allows it. What amazes me is the, we're in this whole mindset in America, like, hey, be yourself, grow, evolve, start your own thing, do this, blah, blah, blah. When you're already probably comfy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The dudes who are still able to say, you know, I'm still going to do that shoe store. I'm in downtown San Salvador. I'm being robbed every month. I'm My kids don't go outside. I'm going to do a business. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys amaze me. Mm-hmm. Those people. Who, yeah, I'm gonna have my little tea store. Yep. Really, you're get, you're gonna get robbed mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. Those people's strength is amazing to me because that person says, "Well, what? I'm not gonna just sit around." Yeah, I have to do hey, something. I'm not. I'm not gonna just sit around. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I have to. Th- those people are the some of the most amazing people I could think of mm-hmm. because to. Dudes in Syria having tea shops mm-hmm. with literally destroyed um. rubble surrounding their spot. And they're like, yeah, we're open for tea from 2 to 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Get it while it's hot because we're shutting down for another bomb. Yep. Those dudes who say, I'm still going to live. I'm still going to find worth yeah. in my life. Makes me feel so, so dumb. Mm-hmm. And so silly and mad at myself at the end of the day when I get frustrated and, you know, we all get angry at whatever stuff, mm-hmm. you know, my anything. Yeah. Any complaint. I didn't get up to go to the gym this morning. It was oh, too cold. Too cold. Didn't get it was, to the gym. It was six to five degrees too chilly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I needed to put on a long sleeve instead of a short sleeve. Yeah. Pff, wreck my day. I had to sit in traffic for 20 minutes instead of 15 minutes. Yep. You had to sit in traffic inside your car that you own, driving on safe roads, passing I, safe stores. It was either on the way <laughs> to Alabama or back from Alabama, yeah. where you had to put your car in park because we're in traffic for so long. I know. <laughs> that was rough. Yep. At any point in sitting on the highway, were you afraid we were going to get shot? Or robbed. No, you were thinking of what snacks do I have in this car? Mm-hmm. You got a water? <laughs> probably a nice cool water in here yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. There's probably a cooler in there somewhere. Long trip. Yep. Those are the pains. Mm-hmm. So I think of your family. I'm yeah. glad you're all this trouble to get over here. Yeah. Stay here. And you still have family there. Yeah. That's afraid and trying to escape. So 
now that you're a big successful engineer, are they saying, hey, grown up, it's time for you to start brunting some of the effort? Or they, is it or is it more of a people reach out as they need? Or how does that work? I guess, do they say, hey, you're doing well. Do you need to help me get over here? So I guess they have, like, obviously they talk closer to my mom because they're closer, like my aunts and uncles are obviously closer to her. Okay. Um, but like we always send help that we can, like a couple hundred bucks, thousand bucks goes a long way over there. Yeah. Um, to answer, like a lot of times they don't want to be given, they want to be freeloaders. So they don't want just you to give them money just all the time. Gotcha. Cause you know, I mean, I feel like that's just human nature. I mean, some people are like that, but like most of us want to work for our keep, earn our own keep, you know, like you bought this table this is your table you know like it wasn't like some dude gave you this table some dude gave you that door some dude gave you that car like there's pride in like going out and like working and making your own uh they i think they do they have asked like hey can i come stay at your place like they're kind of doing that now like and maybe we could work while we're there cleaning houses doing whatever make a few hundred dollars and then we'll go back like it will be under the table type work but at least a couple hundred dollars that they're earning, then they can take it home. And over there, it's a lot more than what they would they would have made during that time, anyways. Right. So like two weeks working here is like essentially like three months over there, kind of a thing. Wow. So it's like they'll come over and visit, uh, and we that's the way we can help out. But like we can't. The only way we can help them is like somehow finding someone to marry them for like. a to get that like marriage <laughs> license and then you could bring your family over you know like that gotcha. kind of thing other than that like just because we're you know u.s citizens we don't get more right to say hey you can come over versus you can't come over like i think with my mom she could have brought her mother over but she didn't want to leave el salvador like that's been the country she's always known she's not going to leave uh but she cannot bring her brother or sister like i think that's part of the rules of okay. like immigration is like you could bring your immediate family like your parents or your children, but I can't bring my brothers or sisters. I think something along those lines. Up and down, not side to side. Yeah, right? something like that. Like obviously, like if you if you moved here, you would be able to bring your your wife and your children. But like if I was your brother, like I can't come over or something like that, or your cousin, I can't come over. Like something, there's some sort of rule in that sense. To like keep it like we to vent them or I, I have no idea how. No, that it's works. just to be because as soon as you allow that, then everyone comes over. Basically, everybody can come. Yeah, exactly. That's basically what it That's is. That's just a stop stop yeah. gap to say, oh, yeah. if if family can come, one family is 150 people. Yeah, of course. Like you have 15 cousins, but that family has family, mm-hmm. so eventually it's the entire country. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I guess that's yeah essentially what it is because. <laughs> Yeah, because my cousin's cousin has a kid, and yeah. his kid has a family, and a brother, and a yeah. mother, and a sister. Yep. Technically, it's part of the same tree. Yep. So, so it's everybody. Over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. So just because we're, we're like making like you're successful or whatever, like can't really help more than just give you money and like when we can. Right. Yeah. That's what we try to do all the time, but also you know they don't want to be feel like we're just they're freeloading off of us, you know. So like help, and then there's like, nah, dude, like I could take care of myself, <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. What do you think, Diego? 
Cool. You thinking about pancakes over there? Yeah. <laughs> snow cones. Snow cones. Yeah, we're going to do some snow cones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a place that solar, it's a snow cone spot that has solar panels on top. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Uh-uh. He was telling me about it, though. Yeah. It's got pretty fat battery system on there. Oh, nice. And uh, I just see, I just do the math in my head, and I think, all right, his kit's probably like 15000 Mm-hmm. To self power itself, two dollar snow cones. I think that payback's gonna take a while. A little bit, a little bit. But I appreciate the effort, so yeah, I go. Absolutely. I go support that dude because yeah. it it is a self sustaining little system, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel bad because he he built three little snow cones trucks. Oh really? Wagons and two of them just sit. Oh man, they just sit, and the one is open sometimes. Oh man, we go. We've gone by by what? At least four other times, it's closed. I'm like, come on, man, you got to pay for them solar panels. Yeah. They should be open. He now went I, too. He went too big. <clears throat> he, I think he went too big. I think he should have started with one trailer. Yeah. Recoup. Where yeah. is he? The owner. Oh. I talked to him because uh, one time I took six of the kids from the neighborhood. Wait, what? I remember when we took? Oh all yeah, the kids. we took. Uh, you took me, Sophia. Uh huh. Declan, Dylan, mm-hmm. Connor. And that's it. Okay, so I took five kids. So I, yeah. Yeah, I rolled up. I look good. I just shaved my head super tight down. I'm on my phone. Kids are piling out of the car, loading up in line. I get up and order. Everybody's okay. Boom, you got this. I want this. Cherry, cherry, apple, medium, topping. But I just went down very systematically. He's, uh-huh. like, he's like, are you a uh, military? No. He goes, you give it off a very militaristic vibe. <laughs> I go, no, I just, I need to be organized in my mind. Yeah. He goes, well, I'm ex-Marine, blah, blah, blah. So we talked for a while. I was like, all right, break down this system. He's got three battery pack, three panels. Three battery packs? No, one battery, sorry, one battery pack, three panels. Okay. And I saw him park somewhere else, but it didn't charge the battery enough, so he couldn't park it. Because he he tried to park under a tree somewhere near a nice coffee truck. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I should. Go back and say, man, you got to park in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Your thing is dependent on the sun. Yeah. You, you could be cloudy day. That's how they it, work. Yeah. Like, the sun just needs to be out. It just needs to be out. It's fine. What you are you doing? Park, blocking you, it. You parked under a tree. Yeah. That doesn't work. This Clouds is, work. You got three trailers. <laughs> you parked the one good one under a tree, man. Dude, pull it together. Pull that thing out. Put it in the sunlight. Get back to work. Yeah. So anyways, I... I don't know. I just I support him. He, it's really good snow cones, but yeah, that that is a, as a grown up, I see that. Yeah, and I feel like oh, this is why I'm. This is now why I can tell I'm older. Yeah, instead of the kids like, sweet, sweet solar panels, whatever. I will take a watermelon <laughs> snow cone, yeah. please. That is a strange business model because the entire concept of your business is to keep something cold, but then the way you power it is by being in the heat. <laughs> in the sun in the sun yeah Hopefully. which is technically heat yeah yeah interesting but good for him for being yeah green i like that yeah it's good good but yeah he went too big because <laughs> he clearly doesn't even have three other employees no i just one <laughs> might be a cousin or sister or yeah. daughter i don't know yeah yeah interesting that's cool 
That'll be fun. Wate, I want to thank you for coming here and hanging yeah, with man, us today. Yeah, this was fun. I liked it. <laughs> I hope everything turns out good with your family. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah, of course. And your knowledge of computers is always appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Diego, any last questions? Any parting mm. thoughts? No. Oh, I forgot. Before we exit here. You love to work out. Yeah. You stay in shape. You Try t- to. I see you taking care of yourself, eating Try good. To. What book have you read or listened to recently to shift your self healthier and edge yourself towards a better diet? Because I know you handle the workout part. Mm-hmm. That's dialed. Now that that's sorted, you're like, I need to start chipping away at what I eat. Yeah. And it's really hard. It is. It's very difficult. It's the hardest part. It's the hardest part. People have no problem working out. No, that's easy. Eating, it physically eat, physically grabbing something and putting it in your face, the effort of which does not require you to go to the gym. Mm-mm, but no, it's, it's a there. harder thing. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's there's some guy that I was following on Instagram. Like he's a bodybuilder, and so I was kind of like trying to follow his like food diet plan. Like I guess it's called macros. Okay, so, like, max like your weight, and somehow you find like how many grams of protein you're supposed to eat how many Mm -hmm. grams of fat you're allowed how many carbs you're allowed for like the day and then that that hits your caloric count so if you want to gain weight or lose weight you like obviously shift dependent and like you should be trying to hit those goals so like you could eat whatever it is you want as long as it's under those macros kind of thing so to try to make it a little bit less repetitively boring of like chicken and broccoli every night you know like because that's essentially that's like you were saying that's the hardest part it's like and being dedicated to eating like not going out and getting that in and out burger mm-hmm. you know because that's you know so much easier than like me going home and like cooking something and steaming it, some food up like it's so much easier i'll just give you 10 bucks and you give me food and i'm i'm done you know that's that's hard uh one thing i i can't remember where i read it or what it was but it made so much sense to me it's like making sure that you just don't have snacks at your house, like that you, you know, they're breaking your diet. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have ice cream like stored in their refrigerator. When you're bored and you're, or you're stressing out, what are you going to do? You're going to go get that ice cream. You're going to eat it. If it's not in your refrigerator, you're not going to get up and go to the market to go buy that. Like no matter how stressed you're like, that's effort. I don't want to do that. But if it's in the fridge, I'm going to do it. So if you just don't buy those snacks in your house, then like, you're already like trying to have that like foot like that one step closer to like being healthier and that's always like a tough thing like when people come over like you don't have any snacks i'm like not really unless you want some cashews yeah like i got like nuts i got like healthy proteins like i can go like now they're like if i knew we were having a party or something i always obviously go buy snacks but like i'm not gonna just have like a bowl of m&ms just chilling in my house people say the same thing when they come over here like there's like where's there's no really no there's like a couple of sweet things but really there's no bad food here yeah. so what am i supposed to eat yeah the good that. stuff <laughs> like, what's in there yeah some of that celery so every right time there. you're hungry it's something good for you yeah that's why it. i try to hunt down and <clears throat> i would like you to come back if you want to when i go over that book yeah if you're down because and the better i'm trying to be at fine tuning and for them like the main thing for the kids is hard. You know, he's really, Diego, you're really good at trying new foods. At least once or twice, he'll give it a shot, which is all I really. Yeah, that's all you got. This is all I care about right now. Right yeah. now, I'm just trying to expand the palate. 
Absolutely. And that's cool. We usually stick to the same 10, 12 things. Yeah, of course. In general. But then we introduce, like, hey, try this, try that. We're trying to break it out. But as a grown-up, I saw that I was eating the same nine, eight things for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just same you, here. As soon as you get in that rut, it just digs deeper. Like, ah, this is what I do. Yep. that. But then ordering that veggie box that his gardening teacher told the ones I pick up every Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's different stuff in there every Wait, week. Lucille? And, yeah. So Lucille told me, remember, to go to farmer's market and we've been ordering oh, them yeah. ever since i've been getting veggies i don't have to think about it yeah. it's like surprise here's some different stuff oh that's cool so now i try different things without having to put forth any effort into it's to discovering it on mm-hmm. my own no because that's difficult because that's difficult yeah so i always think of what uh i once in a while listen to tim ferris but one thing he said is actually really cool he's like whatever you do ask yourself what would this look like if it was easy mm-hmm so everything that I think is complicated that I want to achieve or do, I just say, what would it look like if it was easy? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to try new things. I want to save money. I need to explore. I was like, okay, I want someone to do most of it for me. Mm-hmm. I want it to be easy to pick up, and I want it automated. Yep. I mean, I go here, pick it up, and I'm knocking out saving money, trying new stuff, being healthy. Exactly. Boom, handled that. Yeah. The next thing, whatever it is, I say, what would that look like if it was easy? Okay. Yeah. The kids need to eat different stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, it would be easy if I just let them sample things that I'm already making mm-hmm. two times a week instead of this, every day you're going to try something new. It's yeah. not realistic. No. So when you want to try something new, usually you go to a restaurant and you're like, okay, if I made this or some variation of this at home you'd save a boatload of money mm-hmm. because you made it and usually i can cook stuff that's cheaper and tastes better than if i went to a restaurant yeah so for me i'm like ah i'm winning yeah yeah, yeah. and first you say that's effort you yeah. gotta cook yeah if you go get the in and out burger you get that four by four that's awesome yep but that's also like almost 14 bucks yeah do that and three times a day now you're talking 50, 60 bucks. And your heart's just dying. And now you're just jamming nonsense into you. Yeah, yep. which cholesterol is not bad, by the way. This is saying it's good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's not what you've been, we've been drilled what to think. Even though like I have a history, like my family history is bad with cholesterol. So here's what happens. Uh-huh. Cholesterol is actually good. Mm-hmm. They change the guidelines in America because we eat so much sugar. Of course, it's the easiest we thing. We literally eat sugar all whatever the time. Whatever the stats are, like over 150 pounds of sugar a year. That's insane. Okay, we eat so much sugar. They said, okay, you guys are not going to stop eating sugar. So sugar is what actually hardens, changes the molecular structure of LDL and HDL, turns it against you. Oh, interesting. So your cholesterol will become bad and evil against your body because you won't stop eating sugar. So they told everybody, let's lower the cholesterol levels, not because cholesterol is bad for you, but because you eat sugar, mm-hmm. and you're not going to quit eating sugar, so you have to keep your cholesterol down. Interesting. And when your cholesterol ramps up, because you won't stop eating sugar, we give you statins, right? We give you Lipitor. Mm-hmm. Hey, keep that cholesterol down. If you take statins, 
you have a higher chance of getting diabetes. If you have diabetes, mm-hmm. you have a higher chance of getting Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. I don't like this slippery slope. Yeah. Diego, come back. Okay, bye. <laughs> Here, we've reached his tipping point. He made it way longer this time. It was impressive. The, uh, you could just stop pounding sugar and carbs. Yeah. And save all that nonsense. Yeah. Because now I have to think ahead. Okay, I can't. Um, yeah, 40. Just turned 40. I have to think of being 70 or 80 and not having Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Because that means I'm already dead. Yeah, basically. Like, I'm a I'm a human body. Yeah, mine's not. But dead. if you literally erased everything that I've ever known. Yeah, you're not. I am. You're not. I'm just a meat puppet that yeah. eats. Yeah, if you can't remember who or why you are, you're not who you are. I'm not exactly. Yeah, it was my and if the mind clone consciousness isn't there to capture me before I have it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's essentially what that's dialing into. Yeah, I think I remember you touching on that. But yeah, that makes sense. Like, so it's it's like no one ever put the whatever you want to say the dominoes in a row okay if starting here this mm-hmm. creates this then this the cause and effect the whole cause and effect boom mm-hmm. boom boom go back da 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 yeah people don't want to know about that dude it comes, like, comes back to what you eat yeah yeah of course it's not any you start there yeah I mean yeah a lot of times people are always like oh man how do you how do you do I'm like I don't I generally don't drink like throughout most of the week like I'll drink on the weekends or like a special occasion but most of the time, I'm not drinking because that, again, is like a bunch of empty carbs, a bunch of sugars that are just sitting there, you know, trying to eat the same thing, trying to eat healthy. And it's like, that's what that's way harder than me getting up in the morning and going to work out, like working out for an hour. Cool. Great. Yep. But do you really think I'm getting like, that's really making the rest of my body being healthy? That one hour, <laughs> five hours of the, a week or the, what is it? If I just Monday through Friday fit the fifteen meals of the day or fifteen meals of the week that I'm eating like okay. properly, right? Which one's m- more impactful? Yeah, making sure I take my vitamins and my supplements. You know, like I remember uh, having a uh, like discussion with my ex, like, dude, you got to take supplements, and she's like, no, I don't like it. I'm like, no, like, there's no way you can eat uh, enough vitamin D or vitamin E or whatever just by eating fruit or whatever that was like, right you're gonna have to eat so much of this one fruit that you wouldn't have space to then eat this much chicken to fill up your proteins like you have to supplement some of it otherwise we're never getting enough she's like no I'm like you don't understand <laughs> we've yeah. we've evolved past like having to eat that much chicken and that much berries and that much potatoes like not don't 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 not eat them but like yeah if you know couldn't have that protein today, maybe just you know get a protein shake to help supplement that. Or like I didn't go eat fish today, so I got none of that omega three. Let me take that. Let me take that pill that has it concentrated for me and helps me out. Yeah. Right. Like, oh wait, Diego, go grab my phone and see if why I text. Oh, okay. You know, like that that helps out versus having to eat all that, and then you're either going to be super fat because you're still eating all this all these different things all right. the time to like meet these minimums or you take a take a pill like we've evolved to the point where we can we could do that yeah as soon as, as soon as i shifted to attempt to collect nutrients mm-hmm. from whatever i'm eating and actually reading labels like, oh why am i 
why am I eating that or what's in that? Mm-hmm. Just basic curiosity. Now, you know, it's down to, okay, well, every time I eat them, I'm like, okay, am I, am I getting something good out of this? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have my chocolate. Nobody's going to say, I'm going to have my 70%, like I was saying, my 70% cacao chocolate with negative zero <laughs> sugar. To me, that's like, woo, yeah. I'm having a treat, everybody. Exactly. I mean, and then really, it's actually fine and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have that once a week, and I still didn't have any sugar. Mm-hmm. But I'm, it's like a nice bowl of ice cream to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I want to be. Like, yeah, I'm I'm having my treat, but it's it's actually still good because I'm mostly t- you know you're, taking you're in fats. More int- yeah, you're taking in nutrients. I'm and taking it. So fats and cholesterol are awesome, mm-hmm. but when you combine them with sugar, yeah, it literally annihilates the, the goodness in the cholesterol. Yeah, that makes sense because yeah, new fats were good for you. And people always be like, no, that's not, that's too fatty. I'm like, dude, yeah. cheese is okay, man. I've got protein. Yeah, just don't eat like all of it. Just like everything in moderation yep don't eat all of it it's it don't just goes the back wheel. to the don't eat the wheel of cheese yeah don't eat the one foot 12 inch wheel <laughs> of cheese right now yeah don't like spread that over a long period of time but yeah uh sorry i cut you off no i don't know it's, but i'm not finished with it but it's just reinforcing things that i do because i always hear the not always but you know you're like oh why why care about gluten or why Mm-hmm. You know, I, you don't eat fat; it makes you fat. You yeah. know, no, that's negative. I listen to so many doctors now mm-hmm. across the spectrum, and then I listen to four different podcasts. All the, their books. There's a consensus that they know that collectively is not told to us. Oh wow! So the knowledge has been there. They're referencing stuff that's thirty, twenty, thirty, sometimes forty years ago. Mm-hmm. But then what we're told in mass mm-hmm. conflicts that, but there's no joke. Everybody, my family included, they're they're hammered bad by disease, but we didn't no reason they would know anything that the they were told in the mainstream. No, of course not. So we just do that, and I'm like, okay, we're cash cows. So. Mom, you you feel bad? Tell me what you're eating. She tells me what she's eating. Like, Cut. okay, don't don't do that. You feel good when you do this. Mm-hmm. Do do what makes you yeah. feel good. Yeah. But it's hard when you just you're just in that groove. Yeah. Nah, I just. Yeah. I've just you kind of tell yourself I just been. Yeah. I just been doing this. That's it's it's who I am. Who yeah. told you you were that? Yeah. You yeah. did. Yeah, you so did. So tell yourself the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not changing who you are as a person. Like just yeah. Do this differently. Yeah. My brother has a uh, Crohn's disease, so like, through the years of like. Like, he's had it trying to figure out how to, like, combat it and beat it or whatever. Like, my parents have been reading so much about, like, diet and all that stuff. So, like, uh, my dad had also, like, five bypass and, like, some other operations. So, like, ever since, like, those things have been happening, it's just been, like, reading, like, oh, we should not eat this or we should be doing this. And, yeah, like, I know you kept saying sugars, but I'm assuming it's processed sugars, not just, like, sugars from a strawberry. Right. 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 Fructose yeah. is different. And it's yeah. in the food matrix and all yeah. that, but the obvious bad sugars yeah. start there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Start yeah. Um but yeah, like it was just so weird um like seeing all like really that like that oh that does make sense. You know, like it when you really sit back and like, oh yeah, I should probably do that. Like don't need that part or you should cut that out. Like that's not necessary. Yeah. You know, and yeah, a lot of it is that's the hardest part. Cuz it's especially where 
we live today where you go to the market and there's always going to be stuff. Like whatever it is you want, it's always there. Like it's never out of season. All the time. All the time. All the time. And that's what we live in America now. Like it's like. He's back. Where's the phone? Downstairs. When did you bring it up here? He loves these breaks anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's strong, dude. He stuck with us for a long time. Yeah, that was like almost an hour and a half. It's impressive for a little kid. Yeah, that was, I would have been tapped out hours ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what was I saying? Something about foods. Oh, so he's, you, everything's in the market all the time? Yeah, like it's so it. weird to me that like, you know, avocados are available to people in New York in the middle of December. You know, it's like, how did this get here? I like using earth. Yeah. Let's use all of it. Yeah. That gives me avocados year-round. I'm down. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like always, you never, ever out of food in America. Like, that's always around. Sorry. No. Wyatt is with his older sister. Yeah, I know. Oh, you know, huh? <laughs> text, huh? Oh, okay, okay. So then who do you want to, you just let me know who you want to take. Mm. Dylan? Bodie. Bodie. Well, then you know how to text Bodie. Yeah. Okay. Well, go out there and text well, him. Well, who is it? Wait. Rob. Rob Hammett. Text Rob Hammett Mobile. This is how this kid works right now. <laughs> Google does the magic. Oh, I love Google in that sense. Ah, it's the best. Google, call my brother. I love voice to voice commands. Yeah, it's like, awesome. Google, turn on this. Cool. Google, what time is it? It might turn on soon. But yeah, it's great. Yeah, I I have beef with technology when it's used against yourself yeah. when you don't realize it's used against yourself mm-hmm. but there's obviously the most amazingness going on oh absolutely who? Rob Hammett Hammett? Hammett okay <laughs> say text Rob mobile okay but make sure it says Hammett at the end what? say text Rob mobile okay there's only one Rob <laughs> uh yeah it's again like back when we were saying earlier it's like it's a tool it shouldn't be like shouldn't replace what you're doing right like facebook for me it's great that i can communicate with my family that's in el salvador easily because face to face yeah like so easy like we don't have to call and like spend they're not spending 37 cents a minute to talk to us right we can i can keep up like oh you know your kid's now going into first grade that's so awesome like it it brings the world that smaller, but it's bad in the sense of people forget how to have personal com- conversations with people face to face, right? They're just like, I'm going to go on this keyboard. I'm going to talk some stuff. You're going to respond to me. You're not going to like it. I'm going to get back to you. It's like, it takes away from the human interaction of trying to figure out you have an opposite opinion of mine, trying to figure out why you have the opposite opinion. I'm just going to like hate on you essentially. Yeah. Right, because that's that's essentially what Twitter is uh, to me, and Facebook or whatever. Whereas, like the tool is like, hey, like get information faster or make the world smaller. That like your family is on the other side of the world. Now you can like keep up with them without having to like write them a letter and they get it two weeks later. Like that was a thing fifty years, not even thirty years ago. You know, like Like, I love listening to Jocko's podcast, uh and he reads these old letters from war, war times, beautiful letters from soldiers to their family and he was reading one the other day and it was some soldier probably 20 years old of this beautiful letter that his parents did wouldn't get for six months mm-hmm. so i imagine now that i'm a parent if my kid's off to war i get this letter dated six months ago mm-hmm. 
I still don't know if he's alive or no. dead. But it's written so eloquently, so understanding of his situation and professing his love and all this stuff that he's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, but today this is going on. Mm-hmm. Six months to get a letter. Yeah. Okay. I love my son. I'm going to write him a letter. Hope he gets it. Yeah. I could duo FaceTime my brother in Germany right now, see his face and talk to him yeah. half in a second. Yeah. Like a second delay. And I, not oh my gosh, give me that phone. Hold on, let's see here. Does Boo want to eat snow cones? It's That's, not, I'm saying Boo, but it's not. Are you not wanting to send it because it didn't spell his name right? Yeah. Okay, let's let's get this going here. How are you? How are you on time? Oh, dude, you're good. Sorry, we got. I'm trying to work out. This boy's rewards. Do it, man. Okay, there you go. Okay. All right. It was close. It said Bode. <laughs> close B-O-D-H-I. enough. He would have known. B-O-D-H-I. He would have known. B-O-D-H-I. Okay. Anything random going on in your head right now? What are you thinking of? Cars. Cars. What cars? And video games. Tell me how much that McLaren costs you saw. I don't know. Okay, here's the beauty of technology. Find out how much that McLaren cost that you were talking about this morning. Yeah, see? Stuff like that. That's, that's really cool. It's fun. Yeah, it's great. I'm like, so many times I'm like, man, how does that work? Oh, that's how it goes. And then a rabbit, rabbit yep. hole into like learning. That's where technology is great. How much does the McLaren GT cost? According to Kelly Blue Book, how much will the 2020 McLaren GT cost? McLaren has priced the new GT from $210,000. Dealers are taking orders now with Ooh. deliveries set to begin at the end of 2019. Nice. Hey, we're almost at the end of 2019. You got how much? $219? It, $219,000? $210,000. $210,000? Oh, a house? Okay. okay. House for like most of America. Okay. Got it. Well, that's not, that's it's less not, than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah I thought it would be a little bit pricier. That's not too bad. That's not bad. $210,000. Yeah, so that's... Fifteen hundred a month a for thirty years. That less sounds than about that. right. It'd be less than that. Think so? I guess for thirty years, because but car payments aren't thirty years; they're more yeah, than five. They're more five, but we'll make it thirty. Yeah, we'll just pretend like it's thirty. So it's How like much a seven hundred dollars for thirty yeah. years. Yeah, they're always confining us to that Here's five years. Yeah, more five years. We won't be too surprised if the car will exceed the Senna's original starting price of about one million dollars. <laughs> Wait, which one? The Senna, the one in Horizon. Senna, what is it Senna? It says it's um, a Senna McLaren. A Senna McLaren uh, is a million. Damn, see, that's what I was thinking. Okay, me. that's yeah. the one. Yeah, that's not the, that, not that little. Yeah, I don't want no two hundred ten thousand. Scallywag, two hundred. What is? What are we? Yeah. Peasants? Yeah. What is that? My Can't like, be commuter seen car. That. Yeah, it's my commuter car. My friends see me in that. <laughs> I'll lose all my clout. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, six months to write a letter, and like now it's instantly. Yeah, but we like lost that ability to write these beautiful letters. And I'm 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 victim of that. You know, I'll send text messages. I'm like, I didn't use half the proper commas. Did not spell check that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, A B, like Antonio Brown, very like he hates commas. Apparently, just doesn't use them in his <laughs> tweets. It's like, dude, I do not understand what you're saying. We've no lost, punctuation no, at all. It's like, what is going on? Yep. So um, for for that reason is why on here I've read some letters I've written to the kids. And I do, I'd write it 
not only to or not or it is for that reason it's for them but also it's for me to sit through with your thoughts and actually write them out mm-hmm. or write a uh, i wrote a letter to my uncle and aunt recently that are my one of my favorite uncles and aunts they mean a lot for me they expand on my mind they're really big thinkers mm-hmm. they're farmers but some of the most intelligent people i've ever known they're more open-minded i was like I should write them an actual letter. Nice. And but getting in the mind state of communicating correctly, usually do it at night. Family's asleep. I'll write this letter from the heart to my family. Fold it up. I wrote it with my own hand, my own pencil. Maybe I use a pen. I committed to that sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big difference between pen and pencil. Oh yeah, definitely. Folded it up. I sent an old school folded up letter to them. That meant, I'm talking 40 years of me thinking of for all these things they've done since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, they took him, took care of him. They, uh, and it meant, it meant a lot for me to, oh, this is how we should thank people. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to try and be better about writing more family letters. I think that's a good, that's a good, good to, idea. You know, phone calls are cool too. Yeah. But holding something, there's no... Yeah, because you know it still has that awesome connection. Yeah, because you're holding something that they held. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, it's that a you forget. You yeah, know. because yeah, I, I know like texting. That's just the way a lot of people do. It. It's just easier, you know. But a lot of times, like if you re- if you're in a bad mood when you read that text, you're gonna you're read- gonna translate it bad, right? Exactly. Versus if I'm reading your text in a good mood, it's gonna be like a happy go lucky. Yeah, it says I hate you, Sebastian. You're like, oh man, uh, this guy's so joking. funny. Yeah. But I love that like, guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Whereas, the, like the opposite, and you like try to say that you're kind of joking in that text, or like how do you how to push that? Like, hey, I'm saying this like this statement, but it's in lighthearted way, totally joking. Like, don't. Oh, you take have to it. you have to put in quotes and then read reread in a sarcastic tone. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to like put that like. <laughs> As many emojis, like smiley face, haha. Like, it's so weird to make sure that, like, hey, don't take this the wrong way. Like, I'm actually, it's a joke. Yeah. Take it that way. And then a lot of times, like, text messages to me are like, should be the lowest form of communication. Like, I'm going to text you. And then when you get a chance, you text me back. Like, it's not an immediate thing. If it was an immediate thing, I'm calling you. And yeah. a lot of people, are like, oh, I don't, if I don't respond right away, they're going to, get mad right no i mean like i totally know you're busy and you're doing other things like and sometimes obviously yeah you like if you're in the middle of that conversation but then i guess i i fall victim to it too like if we're in the middle of a text conversation i should just pick up the phone and call you yeah after about three i dial in and yeah, then like, if you don't answer which happens sometimes mm-hmm. i'm done here yeah i like i i i i find my, I, i'm mostly because i get lazy and i don't want to keep typing i'm yeah. ti- i'm tired of even I use swipe type. Mm-hmm. Which, I do it all the time. Oh, swipe typing is by far the best oh, way to text. the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So, Diego, how fast when we send a text uh, do you expect the answer to come? I don't know. How many seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Quickly? Uh, how fast? Fast or do you, are you fine with waiting for an hour? I'm waiting for like a day. Oh, he'll wait a day? worth it did he respond yet who rob i don't know did you check no he was looking at car prices oh he's looking at mclaren's over here like all right do this 30-year math thing yeah check 
Yeah, he's ready for me to get that. <laughs> nope. Nope. Mm-mm. All right, well, we'll probably just still do it. Yeah, go get those snow cones. Yeah, you want a snow cone? Mm. It's on. It's that way, right? It's on. Oh, look, he just. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? I'm sure when the this what he looks like right now. What? This what he looks like right. I'm sure when. This is what he looks like right now. So I bet a picture is coming soon. Just tell him. Soon we can leave soon. Um. Okay. Now we can head there soon. I can't swipe type. <laughs> you can't swipe type. I don't know how. I mean, I tried to do it to He's mom, di- but then I only spelled house okay. and wolf. He's dying. And okay. John. And John He's dying his hair purple. Wait, let me see. <laughs> right now, he's dying his hair purple. Inside oh. that little hair cap. <laughs> Might have to wait a minute on that one. Um, I don't think. Wait, he's getting his hair done? Soon. Or when he's ready. Oh, yeah, because he said he has red, purple, or blue. I think. Yeah, a lot of kids dye their hair at his school. I've noticed that. No. And they have long hair. This is... Diego probably has the shortest hair. Huh, impressive. It's a it's a big hair school. Right. Lots of hair going Lots on. Lots of hair. So today, haircut for this guy. Sooner when he's ready. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Got to clean it up. Yeah. As soon as I start everywhere. pouring over the ears, yeah. for me, I don't want to see it. Yeah. But it's got to feel tickly or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, when I grew my hair out, just all of it was... It was Did you grow a ponytail? washing it out in just a minute. Man bun. Where do you want to Man bun? You had a man bun? Yeah. I donated it. You did? Yeah. Um, what is I think this? we're washing it out in just... I think we're washing it out in just a minute. Where do you want to be? All right. Just tell them we can pick them up. Or solar snow. S-O-L-A-R-S-N-O. Solar snow? Oh, okay. is it one just, word? Just say I'll call him in a second. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, we got to the point where now it's text conversation. Yeah. I yeah. need him now call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, and that's, that's how that's it evolves. Something I need us to be better about because I find myself victim into that all the time. Like I text and then like, like you get upset that the person isn't responding to you right away because you know it's going to be either a very long text or they just completely stopped and it was just like, I should have just called because now I'm pretty sure you read one of my texts and I'm like... Dipped out. Yeah, and it was like in the wrong context, and now you're not responding. And like, yeah, this is bad. Phone calls could would have solved. Because yeah, how long does it take you to write these text messages back and forth? It might be 15 minutes, where it could have been a two minute phone call. Now, dichotomy in this: mm-hmm. you're dating girls out there. Mm-hmm. I don't suggest writing letters to them. Too no, soon. I'm not going to write them letters. That's too not soon. a good. That's not a good look. <laughs> it's a little weird. A little weird in today's day and age. Yeah, you may as well grow mutton chops and wear <laughs> suspenders yep be awesome that would be fun though <laughs> i don't know if i could pull that off i don't know enough to, i like, did cleverly enjoy our time together to have a monocle yeah <laughs> <laughs> be great solid all right well i appreciate uh, now now we'll wrap it up for right. thank you again yeah so much for being here diego tell him thank you thank you yeah thanks for having me it was fun and uh maybe have you come back one time yeah. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. Be healthy out there. Be healthy, y'all.